You better tell him, Tina. Tell him, Tina. Tell him, Tina. You better tell him, Tina. Tina, you better tell him. Tell him, Tina. Mm. You better tell him, Tina. Tell him, Tina. Girl, you better tell him, Tina. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Tell Him, Tina podcast. Hey, girl. What are we talking about today? Hey, y'all. Welcome to Tell Him, Tina podcast. Ooh, I'm excited for today. I hope everybody's been doing well in the pandemic. If you're stuck in the house with somebody, I hope that you like them. Because if you don't, I'm sure that's stressful. Um, today, we're going to talk about um, being single, relationships, dating, what you do while you're waiting. And I really wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say it's waiting. But um, to still live while, you know, you wait for that right relationship to come along. Um, And to discuss these things, I have three of my favorite people with me. We all met at work. Um, Tanya is basically who brought me together with Chastity. Chastity gave me Maya. Um, So I got Tanya, Chastity, and Maya here. Introduce yourself, ladies. Tell us where we can find you and tell us. Um, tell me something that you've discovered about yourself in this pandemic or how it has affected you in a positive or negative way. So we'll start with Tanya. Introduce yourself. Hey, it's Tanya here. Um, you can find me on social media under J Tanya, uh, as well as in person in Houston, Texas, where I reside. What have I learned about myself during this pandemic uh, that I could build a house? No, I'm I can't build a house, but um, I'm learning how to. So, yeah, catch me on YouTube soon, building with Tanya, tinkering with Tanya. Tinkering with Tanya, because Tanya is currently, what, remodeling your cabinets? Yes, refinishing some cabinets. See, she over there being grown, y'all. She a grown up. Yes, you probably could build a house. I believe it because once you put your mind to something, you you do it. I'll start. I'll start building a dog house then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to my channel. This is <laughs> I just walk around the house saying that for practice. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Well, welcome Tanya. Then we'll introduce Maya. Hey, this is Maya. Um, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at underscore Maya the B. That's B E E underscore. Or you can follow my um, online jewelry accessories boutique launching May thirty first um, at Maya. That's M Y A H Simone S Y M O N E. Um, During this pandemic, what have I learned? I've learned that I am not self-motivated when it comes to taking care of my body. And Mm -hmm. upon realizing that, I felt really, can I curse? Yeah. I felt really shitty about it. And like, I was a terrible person, um, but kind of meditating on it and just tried to set realistic goals for myself and realize that I can't be great at everything. And as long as I'm consciously trying to um, attack it, then at least I'm still putting that effort in. So that's kind of been my struggle meditation mm-hmm. during during the time. So That's a good, but it, at least you gave yourself grace. Sometimes we forget to give ourselves mm-hmm. grace because we want to be great. 
and it's just like, hey, it's all right. Yeah. I'm eating better though. Because I'm cooking. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to find the good. Um, hey, don't worry. I just want some abs when I get up out I'm of here. I'm telling you, but I'm a long way left. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we all. Everybody can't be Jay Tanya. Okay. Look. <laughs> right about now, my, my abs are MIA. So, yeah. It's okay. You're in the house. It's all right. It's all right. All right. We got Chastity. Chastity, introduce yourself. Oh, Chastity was on one of my prior podcasts, maybe like the third episode. Um, she was on it. Y'all liked her. Um, so introduce yourself again. Let the people know. Hey, y'all. It's Chess, um, a.k.a. Big Dog. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar. For those of you that are not, that is who I am. <laughs> um, however, on social media platforms, I go by at Is That Chastity um, by way of Chicago. So that's where you can find me during this pandemic. I'm so happy to be on another episode of Tell em Tina. We had good conversation, always dropping jewels. Uh, what I've learned uh, in this pandemic about myself is that it's okay to be still. I think mm. in our industry, since we're all in aviation, we're always on the go, always running. Even when I have a few days off, I feel like I'm still on the go. And so mm -hmm. it's okay to be still and to just reflect and to meditate and to take this time to really tap into things that I enjoy other passions, um, things that just bring me joy and happiness. So being still, which was mm -hmm. a little difficult initially because I'm so used to ripping and running, uh, but it's been very rewarding to just chill out and um, really just embrace everything else that I have going on. Yeah, that's good, Chaz, because ooh, being still has been tough. <laughs> um, Lord, it's been tough. Um, I got excited to just go to work. Like, who does that? <laughs> like, I was excited and nervous at the same time. Um, thank you all for sharing. I think the most difficult part for me has been um, realizing that I can't control everything. And it's really tested my faith because I'm like, okay, I trust in you, God. I got faith in you, but I'm still over here worrying, you know, kind of tossing and turning. Um, but once I really meditated and really prayed and let things go that was out of my hands, um, I learned to kind of relax. Like, okay, it's okay to be in my own space. I didn't run to Florida. I usually run to Florida as soon as I get a break from anything. So I have been really enjoying my myself and really tapping into God and my faith because who your girl was over here stressed a little bit, having a stomach up. <laughs> Thank God I couldn't go nowhere. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so let's get right on into this. Um, so let's talk about this single life, like relationships. What's y'all status? Like, what is like? What are some essential things you need to like? You think when the next person comes along, mine is in a relationship. But they say you're still single until you're married. Is that do y'all believe in that? Um I do. Yes and no. Because I think people try to use that in a uh a shady way, like 
mm. or use it mm. as an excuse rather um, to kind of cushion their wrongdoings. But yes, I do. I do agree that you are single, but um, I do know people that kind of have the mentality of they don't need to be exclusive because of that. And I don't agree with that. And I agree with it, but I get what you're saying, Maya, as far as the shady way. I think the first time I heard that saying it was used in a shady way, it was actually, I was actually told that by my ex when he was going to Seagulls Ministry at church. That's another story for another podcast. But <laughs> he was going to the what? Now? The Singles Ministry at church. Oh, um, and, oh okay. and not just going, but engaging with other singles. Okay. Ooh. So, again, mm-hmm. another story for another podcast. But years later, I, I, um, actually found the same to be true more so in terms of what you do in a relationship versus when you're dating courting and married mm-hmm. and so there are some certain um, things that I wouldn't do in a dating relationship versus a courting and marriage one and so you know mm-hmm. the, those things kind of led me to agree with the saying that like you are single until you're married to a degree yeah. mm-hmm. So dating, could you describe dating, um, courting, and like when does it change? Like when you're dating, you could kind of date around and do what you want, but then once you're courting and you say, okay, we're committed to each other. Are we still here? This is where things start to So switch. courting is just a shift from dating. Um, I mean, you could date and be committed, but when you shift into courting, it's dating with the intention of marriage at that point. It's communicated like, yes, now we're, we might've been together for years or months, but now we've had the conversation about when we, when we plan to get married to each other. And so now we're mm-hmm. shifting to courting and dating, like with the intentions um, of getting married at some point, you know, and that's, and then it shifts again at engagement, you know, when you become mm-hmm. each other's fiance. True that. I agree. I agree. What about you, big dog? Um, I mean, I get both aspects of it, both sides of the coin. I mean, I think the whole you're single until you're married is more of a technicality. It's more of a, you know, for paper's sake. Like if you, Maya's in a relationship, but if she goes and fills out um, an application and they ask if she's single or married, she's going to check single, right? Okay. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think it's more of that aspect, but I think your relationship I mean, if you decide to get into a relationship with someone, you are um, agreeing to being honest, being loyal, you know, having boundaries and respecting those boundaries and um, being faithful. And so I think all of those things apply Um, to Maya's point Mm -hmm. and Tanya's. I think that the people that say, well, I'm in a relationship, but I'm technically single by law. Yeah, it's because they're on some trash, but. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so because if because nobody, you know, at this point, if you're not married, you can just choose to be single and live your life, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't have to mm-hmm. waste someone's time and make a commitment. I think that's, I think that's the biggest um, takeaway in that is that you're committing to someone else um, in a different fashion than marriage, but you are still making a commitment to this relationship to allow it to grow, mm-hmm. to be goal oriented, you know, to, to have all that. So uh, you asked relationship statuses. I'm like, I'm that meme, you know, that meme that says I'm single, but if somebody sees this, they might be upset. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> joking, joking. 
That is hilarious. That's I mean, all of us probably are not going to Right. Who I am single, single. Um, I just got out of something, a situation ship. Um, ooh, y'all know I have a hard time not being honest, but <laughs> not giving giving the full truth. Um, so it came a point to where I really wanted the relationship, and you know, kind of got shitted on a little bit. But I have to realize that I allowed it. And then when I pulled back, he really wanted it. And I'm like, oh, but you you was giving me mediocre and you knew it. You know, so on the back end, I'm just kind of like, no, nah, this ain't it. It's just too much water under the bridge. I'm confused. I was in a state of confusion, y'all. Like, I, Tanya and Amaya was like, you confused? You need to just let it go. He is not a god of confusion. And I think that that's important to know. It's like when you are in a state of confusion about something or someone, it's because you know the decision that you need to make, but you are giving into your fleshly desires of still wanting that thing that's causing you confusion when you know you probably should let it go or just make a decision. Yeah, so... Um, but being, I wouldn't say I just got out of something now, but anyway, being, um, <clears throat> knowing that you're dating, do you, do you find that it's different? Like maybe like the younger you dating kind of was like dating and just let things fall where they may, or like now that you're dating and you're d- dating with intention, what, what are the different things you look for now that you dated with intention? And then Maya, you give us the angle of, your journey getting with your your boyfriend too. So go um, I would say for me, so I got out of a four year relationship that was like terrible, should have ended um, like the first year that we were together, which is really bad. Um, and I had jumped into that relationship when I had gotten out of another long-term relationship. So I kind of was, I was that person who always had a boyfriend. I didn't know how to be alone. I didn't like to be alone. Um, but I was in denial about it. So then when that last relationship ended, I was like, okay. Um, it was brought to my attention by one of my friends of like my best friend, like, girl, you're always in a relationship. Um, you've always got to have somebody around you. Like even friend wise, I would never want to be sitting at home by myself. I would never want to go out to eat by myself. I, I could never just be alone. I always had to be around someone. So um, once I was like, I think that relationship ended and I was maybe like 27 and I was finally in, and for me, that's kind of when maturity and self-awareness fully, 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 fully kicked in. And I was like, okay, I got to take control of my life. Like I do have the control of every single aspect of my life. And so um, I started going to therapy and I started actually dating. So I got on online Mm -hmm. dating sites, a whole bunch of them. Um, and I'd always been against online dating. I was like, no, I'm not that kind of girl. Like, I just like to meet one person, like very in a box. Um, so I got on like every um, online dating site that there was. Um, and I started going out with one of my other really good friends. And we would go partying every single weekend. And my therapist mm-hmm. encouraged that of, I don't want you to go out looking for a boyfriend. You're going out to have fun. You're going out to decide what are the things that I like? Cause I, I didn't know 
what I liked in a person, what I didn't like. I didn't know what I wanted. I just knew, you know, like the cookie cutter stuff. Oh, their teeth got to be good. They can't have bad Mm -hmm. breath. They've got to believe in God. But I didn't really know um, what I needed to make up a man. And I didn't know what I liked about myself that made me a candidate to date people. And and Mm -hmm. I didn't ever think like, oh, I always had the mentality of, I'm a good woman, like that speaks for itself. But I could never list like, no, this is everything that I bring to the table. This is how I feel about myself. So it was like another, a different level of confidence that I didn't know I didn't have. Um, And so Mm. I had to go through that. And I even had to, all of my life, um, people would tell me like, oh, you're such a bitch. You're you're so mean. And so I, I brought that into my relationships and not realizing that the difference between being assertive and knowing what you want and being detail oriented and then just being mean. So I had to go through all of these little nuances of who I was. Um, and then I just had to have fun. Like the process had to be fun for me. Um, and so, you know, I dated a couple people. It got into a situation chip um, that didn't obviously didn't work out. And then I decided, OK, I am finally in a position where. I don't even want to be in a relationship. I just want, like, I mean, I was obsessed with marriage. I would, it was, I was crazy. <laughs> and with this yeah. idea, I'm almost 30, I'm 27. <laughs> like I'm not married. I don't have kids. Um, yada, yada, yada. I don't have own, my own business. At that time I wasn't in my house yet. So it was just, there was so much I was taken out in relationships. So um, yeah, I just had to work on me. Therapy was, a life, it was a game changer for me, like inside, outside, head to toe in my personal relationships of platonic, my romantic relationships. Um, And whenever I finally decided like, hey, no, I'm good on my own. Um, I happened to meet my boyfriend on a whim and it's been great ever since. Nice. And I think um, we, for the longest time we put pressure on ourselves as women because the end goal is marriage, but there's so much more that goes with it because once you start looking in depth and you start seeing different things, I think that we start dating differently once we really start looking within and not for somebody else to fulfill that. You girls got any input? I just want to say, I think that's where, that's where the intention happens. Like what you're saying that, we put that pressure of marriage being the end goal, but whenever you start seeing all these other things, I think that's where the dating with intention comes from and why it's so important. Mm-hmm. You have to find <clears throat> who you are in yourself because I feel like dating so much is about what can the other person give me, but mm-hmm. it's never, it's not stress. Only someone who is in their self-awareness journey really is like, what do I bring to the table? How have I contributed to my past traumas or, or whatever else has happened. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whenever you societally, whenever you see relationship, it's never about what am I doing to make this happen? It's always about what can the other person bring in? And so I think once you kind of flip that, um, that viewpoint, mm-hmm. then that's when it becomes intentional in, in dating. And, and whenever you can manifest, manifest really what it is that you want um, out of a relationship. I agree. I definitely agree to that. Because it's the I thing. It's like the I, like, what can I do? Where would, where did I go wrong? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think that when we look for other people to give us joy and fulfill things that we don't 
have within ourselves, that leads to like a world of disappointment. Right. You set people up to disappoint you by putting that pressure on them instead of yourself. So how are you girls dating uh, Tanya and Chastity? How's your dating life changed? Hmm. Changed from like what was the initial? The initial question is like from when you were younger and you were just kind of like dating and you kind of fell into something. And now like, are you more vocal? Like, do you think that you should say, these are the things that I want or you let the person just show you? who they are. Because um, I, I feel like sometimes it's a cheat sheet. I tell you everything that I want. Yeah. See, I never I, used to... I I never had like a this is what I want. Um, mm-hmm. My two... Well, I'll just I'll talk about the last one. My last serious relationship, uh, we started out as friends and I noticed that the guys I've dated, it's, it's how it started out. We started out as friends. Um... And when we got to the point that we realized or determined we wanted to be in a serious relationship and committed a relationship with each other, it was because we truly liked each other. You know, we truly mm-hmm. liked each other, who we were as friends, and that trust had be- been established. Um, mm-hmm. Now, however, I do have a list of what I want and what I'm looking for in a partner. And it's based off of one, who I am, right? And what mm-hmm. I think I need, what my strong suits are, what my shortcomings are, the areas that I lack, um, as well as just kind of that puzzle piece thought process, like how will we fit and, and, and you know, work together? What's the most effective pairing? Again, I won't know that until I meet the person, but I do mm-hmm. have what I like to call like a template, something that I can mm-hmm. reference when I do meet somebody because in today's society, you know, just kind of that always chasing and wanting that fairy tale type of meeting and outcome, sometimes I find myself getting carried away. Um, and mm-hmm. losing sight of the core values that I feel like I truly need and, I, and I've prayed about when I meet someone who gives me that initial flutter um, and I now have something to reference. Yeah. So I, there, I can't say, God forbid, the next time that, oh my gosh, how was I blindsided? I didn't, I didn't see those things well. It's like, did you reference what you say you wanted and what you've been praying for? Did that person align mm-hmm. with those things? Um, I know at some point you will get to learn things about people that you won't see off top but if the core things or the big things meet my needs or what I believe I need at the time then you know I think that's a good start yeah. oh that is a good start a template yeah you would but that's very true. And I think sometimes we forget the reference because we sometimes get caught up in the feeling. And I think that's where relationships get hard when you get caught up in the feeling and the feeling isn't, they, you know, the butterflies isn't there. And you got to really look at a person for who they are and transition. Because, the, but I mean, the butterflies can be there for a And the thing time. about butterflies, right? Um, I had this conversation with a guy I, I had a situation with. And mm-hmm. he, he was the bridge from my serious relationship to my pure life of singleness, like 
super single. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were talking about the butterflies and I would always joke and say, I don't want to feel the butterflies. I want to feel the whole zoo yeah. with my person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we were saying, <laughs> we just kind of concluded that love, love will always, like it, it will feel different, right? It can feel different with the next person or each person. And I remember mm-hmm. how love felt with my very first boyfriend and like those butterflies was in my throat. Mm-hmm. And now, <laughs> or my last relationship, I had the butterflies with them initially, initially, but before things got sour, I still, we still truly loved each other. And I still truly love that person, but it didn't feel like butterflies. It felt like something way more solid. And so mm-hmm. I feel like as you mature and as you grow in yourself and you, you know, you start to date people or date different people, that feeling of butterflies changes. And so mm-hmm. it may not be butterflies with somebody. It might be a whole damn wave with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, with somebody else. Um, it might not be a subtle fluttering. It might be a rhythmic beat with somebody else. So, mm-hmm. but you know, when you're chasing that feeling of what you remember it to be with the last person, you might lose sight of. Something That's like, so real. That's so real. Yeah. Cause my first relationship in college, that was like my first big girl serious relationship was that, but it was like that stupid love where, I mean, you can do anything to me, but I love you. The butterflies, oh my gosh, so great. And then mm-hmm. when I was in my next, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't feel that same way. Does that mean that I'm not really into this? Mm-hmm. I'm always mm-hmm. guessing it. And even now, I don't feel that same way, but I would much rather feel the way that I do now. And it's you, that word you use, a, a solid feeling. Um, mm-hmm. Butterflies are escaping, you know, butterflies are ever changing. And it's like, that's great. And you're like emotional. Yeah, it, it almost is a, a juvenile, in my opinion, a juvenile feeling of just a giddiness versus like, no, I'm I I feel it different in this because I'm standing solid and um it it's yeah. like I'm weighed in on this. It's not a fleeting feeling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very true. Chad, you want to chime in? Um, I mean, with me, pretty, I'm going to just go straight for the gusto. I think I just had to tap into who I am as an individual. Um, My personality overall, I'm so giving in all of my relationships, friends, romantic, um, that sometimes I tend to put other people before myself, actually often, their feelings, what they want. um, I feel like I tend to cater a lot. And so having to just pause that, I've learned that um, recently, within the last two years, I would say, it's okay to be selfish. I would always, mm-hmm. I've dated, I dated this one guy that I always said was just really selfish. And um, in some ways, I had to understand that selfishness is okay when you are working on yourself or when you're trying to be a better version of yourself or when you're trying to attain something. And I always looked at it so negatively because that wasn't what I was accustomed to. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I just had to kind of pause and really ask myself what I wanted because it wasn't until one of my friends said, Chas, what do you want? And I really couldn't even answer that question. Mm. I think I gave very generic answers, if I recall correctly, like, oh, well, I want to get married. I want to do this and do that. And she's like, no, but what do you want? Like, ultimately, you, what what are you looking for? What do you want? Um, I've learned to not 
I overshare sometimes, especially in the beginning. I've learned to press pause on that. I think that's a uh, word. <laughs> Leave mystery. Leave a little mystery. Leave a little mystery, and just kind of see how it flourishes um, organically, right? Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes, like I think Yay and Maya just said. In oversharing, I know with me, I would sometimes bring up past transgressions, right? So I'm telling this new guy, like, oh, this is what happened to me here, and this is what occurred in this relationship. And it's, and you're already kind of building this foundation that is making someone go, or they're taking mental notes, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's okay to share once you get to that point, but um, oversharing can be detrimental. It can really backfire sometimes in the very beginning. So just being intentional, tapping into who I am, what I want, because when you know what you want, you won't settle for anything other than that. Um, But also knowing when to bend and flex. Um, Mm -hmm. Tina and I were on on the phone not that long ago and really putting pen to paper and going, what are my Mm non-negotiables? And then what am I willing Mm -hmm. to flex on? Um, that's very important. Like, make it real, write it down, because mm-hmm. your preferences are what they are. If you don't want to date somebody with kids, don't feel bad about that. That's, mm-hmm. you don't, right. you know? So, um, and stand behind mm-hmm. that, because I had a tendency of doing that, knowing that maybe the situation wasn't right for me, but I would go, well, you know, and yeah. you know more, well, we're not doing it anymore, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> mm-hmm. so because I feel like once you like you said you got to be solid in your non-negotiables and know where to flex that was the whole word okay <laughs> know when to flex but I think that too um knowing your non-negotiables and not bending on them that's okay because I feel like men really don't bend on what they want Mm-mm. Um, they don't, I don't think that men, most men is going to be like, okay, well, I, I like her potential, but as women, I feel like we will love a man's potential and see greatness in him and be okay with him transitioning. But a man wants what he wants and that's it. If you don't meet that criteria, I feel like sometimes they're just like, that's it. Oh yeah. And so we, even when we know that we are dating below or given you know, flexing on non-negotiables, right? And then all of a sudden we wake up and we're like, dang, uh-uh, I need him to treat me like this. So what I would call it is you gave him you at a discounted price. Mm-hmm. So now that you want a charged premium, this man is like, I just got it for $15. Now, now it's a thousand. <laughs> no, I'm not doing this, right? So you got to come out the gate with your premium price and that I think it all boils down to what we kind of summed up is like knowing who you are, knowing what you desire, what you need to make life work for you in a lifetime and not just in this moment of what feels good. You got to think, I feel like you have to think more on the future aspect. Um, so we talked about non-negotiables. What, can y'all tell me at least like one of your non-negotiables? <laughs> Look, I'm like refers to template. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going like to say bad oral hygiene. Mm. Bad oral hygiene without the intent to correct it. 
Ooh, that's a deep one. That's one of mine. Oh, I'm not going to put that in my phone. Bad oral hygiene is definitely up to me. Bad. Bad. Especially, you know, like, one of, one, you know, our non-negotiables, one thing that I've also thought about, because, you know, we could have some, and it's like, why is that a non-negotiable? It can still be one, but, like, why is it? Oral bad mm-hmm. oral hygiene is, is one of mine for the fact that I need you to care about your health, mental health, physical health, mm-hmm. or health, every kind of health, as well as your appearance to a degree. Like, so mm-hmm. you talking around here with yuck mouth, snake mouth, <laughs> broke teeth, rotten teeth. Um, that says a lot. You, I think you can yeah. derive, you know, come up with a lot of assumptions. People who have terrible um, oral hygiene. Yeah, like people say, nice. people say, well, maybe they just don't know. And I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that I didn't know, but I saw somebody else. Like if you, if you say, oh, I use, I'm like, dang, your teeth are really white. What do you use? You know, I'm going to expire to one. I'm going to go buy that product because I see that it, it worked for you. You know, you have nice teeth. Like how? Like, you know, what do you do? Like, I want to know. But I feel I'll- like. Also, guys are always like, you know, not even guys, but people are like, oh, you're, you're beautiful. You're handsome. I love your smile. I lo-. Like, your face is the first thing that people take into account. I mean, depending on mm-hmm. what part of you they saw first, the front of the back. But your face is definitely so in your facial expression, your mouth makes up like 50% of it. So if you like my smile because my teeth are right and all in place. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you not like your smile or do you think yours is okay? So the thing that I or you find attractive in other people or you, you know, prefer other people, you should be able to reflect yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. My, I agree. I'll give you, uh, Tina, two of mine. One of my non-negotiables at this, at this stage or phase is someone being emotionally unaware or emotionally immature. Mm-hmm. Yes. And oh, that's my number yes. one baby. And um, my second one is someone that's not family oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, when, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but Maya brought this up in the beginning. I actually go to therapy too. And when you talk about family trauma, mm-hmm. childhood trauma, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it kind of all starts to make sense when you know someone or you're getting to know them and you start to learn their uh, family makeup and how they view their family. Mm-hmm. And you start to connect the dots like, oh, this is why mm-hmm. you act Mm -hmm. this way or this is why you don't value or view Mm -hmm. family like this and I come from a very close family we're very close so that would be a really big strain for me to deal with someone that wasn't family oriented Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but did you ever think about the flip now this is this might be a little petty but the flip side is (laughs) when you don't look at the emotional trauma and all that like breaking generational curses you're like man if they don't really like their family, that means that I get to have all holidays with my family. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> and, see, and that was like one of the things that I thought, you know, before I got emotionally and, you know, emotionally, mentally, you know, self-aware. I was like, we could just be with my family because my family's mm-hmm. fun. But I look at it and it's just like, if you can't look back and look at your family or Look where some of these past things come from. You can never grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you don't have to have a 
two parent household. Right. You don't, but even family oriented, even I mean, and that's extends to the way that a man treats his mother, right? His father. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's not mm-hmm. even that I don't have a big family. My immediate family is my mom, my sister, my brother-in-law, my brother. Like, we're very small, but the respect mm-hmm. is there, right? We have core values within our family. Um, and so I think that just extends to to that realm as well. And I, I don't know. I've always been uh, the type that I'm really cool. I end up, like, my boyfriend's family always ends up being like a second family to me. Ooh. And yeah. I know the feeling. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend, like, my past boyfriends, oh. their family have... <laughs> have been like second families consistently. And it's such a great feeling. It's a feeling that, um, mm-hmm. you know, our families can get together. Mm-hmm. And that's what, I mean, I, I love that. And so, I mean, you can't, you can't yeah. knock the way that someone was raised um, if they mm-hmm. don't have that. But you know, at some point, we got to do better. We can't just be like, oh, well, this is how it was. This is how I was raised. So this is how I am. Like, well, then. Mm-hmm. I think that goes back to, I know it's a saying in the South. I don't know if it's a general saying, but my grandfather used to always say that you have to be with someone that was raised the same as you or that is mm-hmm. equally yoked. You have to be equally mm-hmm. yoked, right? So yeah. I think that all of that goes into being a part of that. Like if you're not equally yoked, it doesn't matter how much you're in love, how much you try, mm-hmm. it's just not going to work mm-hmm. um yeah. it's just gonna be a right battle. exactly and it's like it's just it, it just doesn't work because you can't and i think that's a part of therapy too and self-awareness it's understanding that how you were raised the things that your perspective all of that affects your now mm-hmm. um yep. people can't mm-hmm. understand why your family is so important to you you know mm-hmm. i think I don't want to say hated their family, but I'm very close to my family as well. And so, you know, holidays on a, any day that I'm off, I'm up under my family. Um, I will spend, wake up in the morning with my family and then sleep over that night. Like my, that, those are my, those are my friends, you know, mm-hmm. and there are some people mm-hmm. who don't share that. And they're like, why do you always want to be up under your family? Why, you know, why are you always with your mom? Why do you talk? I, I remember I was in college and my professor told me that I was still a child because I spoke to my mom every day. Oh, and wow. At that mm. time, See, that made me want to yeah. punch the air. <laughs> but at that time, I mean, I was what, 20? So I didn't, you know, I didn't have the, the co- mental capacity to be like, um, no, you need to deal with yourself. Um, but in hindsight, it's like pe- people just aren't in the same space as everyone in the world. And so even something like that, that is so minuscule seems that they can put it, put it onto your character, but it's like, no, that has nothing to do with my maturity level. That has to do with how I was raised. Like my mom mm-hmm. is my homie. So I talk to her every day. I can't go right. a day without, if, if I'm stressed about something, I call my mom. If I want to laugh about something, mm-hmm. I call my mom, you know? So I think that's true in relationships mm-hmm. too, that people will see it that same way. And then, you know, if you start to say too many slick things mm-hmm. about, my family and the relationships, then now there's going to be resentment in this relationship because I feel away now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I try to, this is how I explain my family. And it's like, that's where I go to get my love yes. refilled. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in the world, you're pouring out some sometimes so much, but I feel like in my family, I'm always seen and heard and my love tank is refilled. So it's just, I, at the end of the like, 
where I can say I don't understand why you're not close with your family. Like I get that there are things that have gone on that sometimes you don't know how to forgive your mm-hmm. family members. But to me, my family is if if I did something you did not like, I'm gonna tell you right away. You tell me right away because the bottom line is love, right? So and it's forgiveness. I don't think there's anything that my family can do to where I'm like, you know what? I'm not messing right. with y'all. I'm not going home. I'm not talking to you all. No, we're going to have a right. discussion. Right. You know, but the intent is love. Even when I don't agree. The intent is always love. In, in terms of mm-hmm. one of my negotiables is, is faith. Um, mm-hmm. More specifically, mm-hmm. you know, the, the individual has to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and not mm-hmm. lukewarm, not over the top, not necessarily looking for a pastor here. Lord, I don't want to confuse you, but someone who, First lady. First you know, lady. you don't want to confuse God, you got to be clear. But uh, someone who is, you know, who walks the walk and talks the talk, not someone who just checks it off on the senses. But I wanted to kind of double back mm-hmm. on that the family orientation that Chassie brought up and someone being family oriented. When I think of family, I think of community. Like Chassie said, you can't um, control like somebody, like what their family dynamic is like, if they're an orphan or whatnot, they have a two, you know, if they come from a two parent household who they're raised Mm -hmm. by. But I think of family as community. And I think it's important Mm -hmm. for people to have a sense of community. I prefer not to date or marry a loner someone who's like yeah I have a family but I like to be by myself um because when you when you talk about perspective when you're not like you said we all agree you're not going to understand why I'm so connected to my family you're not I'm going to so much uh Mm -hmm. get it but I need someone or a group of people or community of people that will hold my husband, my partner accountable, just like my family will hold me accountable. Um, I specifically Mm -hmm. say I want someone who comes from a family or I want to marry into a family who will love and accept me and my family. Someone that will defend me when I'm not around. Someone who will support me when I'm not around. Mm -hmm. Someone who will help my partner, um, you know, help him reason in my absence. And I, and I think that's where yeah. family is important to me because my family will do the same. I can think back um, in times mm-hmm. like past relationships where I'll go to my family, more specifically my mom, and dog out, dog out my ex or, you know, and she'd be sitting there looking at me like, uh-huh, I'm going to let you finish just so she can let me know mm-hmm. all the million and one things that I made might have done wrong or fell short. And... I think about past relationships where an individual I was dating, he had a great relationship with his dad, but he didn't, he didn't respect him. And I, you know, being immature in a way, I was like, oh, but but they have such a great relationship. It, It took me years to realize, but he does not respect his father. And that's, that's a deal breaker for me. I need someone who respects people or has someone in their life that they can call on that they will respect um, like their words of advice um, and, and just to kind of keep them in line. Because if you don't have people mm-hmm. like that, you're, you're, ten, you're bound to go astray. Like even in my friendships, I know I can call Chaz and be like, Hey, this, this was sucks. This, this was going on. And me, you know, we're all about the same age on here, but I expect as my friends that you're going to tell me when I'm wrong and I'm going to respect your mm-hmm. opinion and I'm going to take your advice and, and, you know, move forward and utilize it. And it's, it's just important that 
we all center ourselves mm-hmm. and my, our partners center ourselves in a healthy community. So I'm, I want to, yeah. because you need people to hold you mm-hmm. accountable, I, right? I, you don't need everybody telling you yes, because you want to exactly. yes. Look, every time <laughs> I want to <laughs> add something that I'm not going to say who, because you know, this <laughs> podcast will be published, but I'm going to piggyback off Tanya real quick. Somebody really important in my life. Um, and she's a very like direct person. We talk, uh, one of my friends all the time. And when we were talking about marriage. She gave the analogy of bridesmaids and groomsmen. Those are, those are your, that's your village, right? Mm-hmm. And so those people standing behind mm-hmm. you on your wedding day, to give you a little bit of the background, she was asked to be a bridesmaid in a wedding and she did not believe in the union. Mm-hmm. Okay. To someone that was close to her, but she did not believe in it. It was a very toxic uh, relationship, cheating, all of that. And she was very conflicted because she said to me, if I am standing behind them on their wedding day, I am their village. You know, those are your people that are supposed to, if, if mm-hmm. you see if you see your homegirl going left, you pulling her back right. Hey, hey, hey. You know, if you see yeah. your home, yeah. exactly. And so it was just very profound because I think about me and I'm, I don't, I don't think like that, but I was like, really? You're really like, she was seriously contemplating not being in the wedding, like standing behind them. Mm -hmm. And she just gave the analogy of the village. And it just always stuck with me because, um, that was very, it was, it was just a different way to look at it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wow. And sure enough, they ended up getting divorced like a year later. And Give me my money back. And the shoes and the earrings. But <laughs> that's um, the real reason she wasn't trying to invest in them. She look, was convinced wasn't gonna last. Look, but do y'all feel me? Like right. that, that's your village, you know. And so to stand behind somebody, you are saying, you know, I support this. I believe in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm holding you accountable. Mm-hmm. I'm holding him or her. And so it just get, like gave me a different perspective, um, a way to look at things. And I just thought that was very admirable that. She was like, I, I'll attend, but I don't know that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to stand behind that. But I think I just even, but just I think even that, that you know, being that aware and mm-hmm. intentional in the things that you commit to, mm-hmm. right? So whether she decided to stand behind them or not, yes. but I think about any time that you know I've been a bridesmaid or wedding weddings that I've been a part of, it's like to think that way. I'm, Thank God the weddings that I've been been a part of, I, you know, completely believe in in their love and their love story and their future. But I get that just to be that self-aware and that intentional. I think that's just great to have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that is, too. And I think that even when you're self-aware and intentional, you realize you can't take things Mm -hmm. personal. Right. So let's just say I was getting married and y'all really didn't believe in my union. And you said, you know what, I'm, you know, Bettina, I don't really think I'm going to be in it. You know, y'all just got a lot of stuff you need to work on. I wouldn't take it personal exactly. because I'm self-aware, mm-hmm. right? But somebody else may take it personal and be like, oh, well, she's, you know, putting our relationship down. She doesn't believe in us. No, it's not about you. It's about what, what, a, what the marriage stands for. You know, like y'all said, you know, being the village. I'm standing behind you. I support you. So I think that that's important to have that foundation of people in your life that think the same way that you do. And it's, it's like being okay with different perspectives too. 
of what people think, you know, what how people see you all and view your relationship. Why does it seem toxic? I'm not telling you this because I want you by yourself, but I'm telling you this because I want you in something healthy. Because you don't realize if that relationship is weighing on you, it takes a toll on your health and everything else that comes along in your life. But whew, that was heavy, y'all. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I have a question. Um, we talked about this the other day. Um, do you think that you can date a man who makes less yes. than you? Who said that, Maya? Yes. Maya. Depends on, but does it, de- it depends on the man? Uh, yes. I think it's, a, okay, so when it comes to things like this, I think it goes back to, it's so conditional on what you're used to, what, how you were raised, like, there's just so many things that are important to some people that aren't important to others. So my whole life, I have dated men that made more than me and they were trash, like garbage. Um, and they say, I'm the prize, I'm the prize, sis, I'm the young kid. <laughs> and, and not that money has to always do with how someone is, like, you know, as we've just talked about, of all of the, things that can contribute to why a person is trash. Um, I do think that a man that makes more money, there is, there is a certain level of, like there's, a, there's always a lack of humility, I think. Um, and I think that that just goes back to like patriarchy and misogyny and yada, yada, yada. But for me, mm-hmm. no, I, I, that's not a non-negotiable for me. Um, but I think that there are some things in play that make me okay with it, if that makes sense. So, for instance, um, if I'm dating a man that makes less than me, like, there's got to be some ambition there of, you know, I'm, on, I'm in school. I'm headed this way. I've got a business plan. I'm working on this. It's not always going to be this way. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Because I want us to be equals. Yeah. I don't want and, – and not necessarily financially because – there's probably always going to be someone that is making more money and always someone who's making less money, you know, vice versa. But um, mm-hmm. it, I think it's, it's about a mentality because money doesn't make you who you are and money doesn't always make you capable or allow you to be capable. You can have a lot of money and be broke. Wealth is not always financial. Absolutely. I agree, Ooh, I agree with that. I'm just going to say this unpopular opinion. Um, while I don't think I would allow that to stop me, you know, from being with someone, this is just my personal experiences and those of like some of my friends that have dated men that make less than them. I think from a societal stand, uh, from a societal standpoint, I think the trouble comes a lot of times with the man not being able to, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, not being secure with the fact that the woman makes more. And I think yeah. that can sometimes cause turmoil. So I don't like that. What'd you say? I don't like that. You don't like that? <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I, 
exactly right yeah and it also depends on how y'all living with the finances like if you make more than if you make more than your partner or not you but if a woman makes more than her partner are they living on her right what she brings in or are you living on what the man brings in because if you're not living on what the woman brings in then her finances determine the type of home the type Mm -hmm. of lifestyle and then that's when, okay, so the paycheck is hitting mm-hmm. her account. Now she determines exactly. the of how you all move the money. Mm-hmm. It is her determination. Her direction. Mm-hmm. Her direction. Mm-hmm. If she chooses to to get a new job or if she chooses to take a pay cut, things like that. So mm-hmm. I think, like you said, society-wise, it is a it does become a problem for mm-hmm. the majority when a woman makes more because she she has the first say, mm-hmm. right? She has the first say. You know, mm-hmm. you can customize everything after that, but she has the initial say. And so, well, let me give this example. So, and because I'm pretty sure she's not going to um, uh, listen to this. Uh, <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know who my listeners are. You don't know that. This is not a jam. This is not a jam. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so she's a pharmacist. She made starting out of, out of university. She was making $100,000. So now she's making well plus that. Her husband, her now husband, whenever they met, he was making $30,000 on commission. That's that's, that's it? Right. Okay. So um, they were together less than a year. He proposes to her. He goes back to school to get a job in computer engineering. And um, now, and then he got a better job. Now I think maybe he's making maybe 60,000. I don't even know if he's making that much. And um, when I asked her about it, like, how does that, how does that work? Because at that time I was in the space of ain't no way I'm making that much money. And with somebody who makes it. Um, And her thing was we, we split everything down the middle in terms of, I take this percentage from my check off of what so basically they 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 equaled up the percentage so that they were both inputting the same amount of money into one account so that all of those things were equal. And so they were living at sixty thousand? What's that? So they're living at sixty thousand or well, right. Whatever their whatever their equal was to mm-hmm. pay all of their bills, put money in savings for themselves, and then you know they have whatever money left over. And but mm-hmm. hold on, I just want to make sure I'm following this. Mm-hmm. So did they agree on like Okay, ten percent, but obviously her ten percent is going to be more than his ten percent. Right, right. So okay, yeah. right. So while it's yeah. more because you make more, it's still essentially the same um a uh, fraction of whatever your of course, your salary. Right? Right. You cover our together thing. So yeah, okay. I in that situation, I think that puts you in a position where one person over the other isn't the one to be able to say no, we're doing this or we're doing that to to be the leader. I think that's just a way mm-hmm. of making that type of situation work is my point of saying that of um I think it can work, but I think it takes two people who are willing to let go of that ego and to say like how do we make this work for us? Yeah. How do we take our egos out of it? Um and how do we always make us being equal the center of our relationship and not letting our jobs, our money, our financial because again, I, I think it's about a mentality and you know having a wealthy mentality so mm-hmm. i think it can work is, is my point of that it's just it, i think it, it can definitely work it can definitely work 
It can work as long as the, I think it works as long as, like you said, the egos. I think that sometimes the male and, and what gender roles are supposed to be, um, if he's not securing him and knowing that that's the only thing that makes him a man and brings, you know, what he brings to the table, um, it's not going to work because he's like, I ain't really bringing nothing to the table. And she just feel like she could run everything, you know? So I just, I think it right. depends on the couple and the people. Um, some people right. at the gate be like, heck no. I, he needs to make more than me. But it's, as long as we're doing well, I think we're okay. Everybody's going to be a, a different kind of ambitious, pick different career paths. But I mean, as long as we could get along and you ain't saying, well, you make all the money. So every time right. we go out, um, <laughs> I got to pay, you know, you can still make me feel like right. a woman and take me out. Imagine, imagine you know, being still be special to pull out <laughs> me. That's actually not going to work. But man, I'm going to go to the bathroom, dog. My personal preference <laughs> is I prefer today or marry somebody that makes more than me. However, you can't have everything, right? So God send me somebody who makes okay. a little less than me. Um, Years from now, they can't make less than me than what I make right now. That ain't gonna work. But <laughs> you know, they a bit they at some point make less than me. You know, we'll, we'll work it out. I can't have everything, but I also think it matters what what mm-hmm. the person does. That's important. I would never expect my partner mm-hmm. to um, not be living in their purpose or um, doing what they enjoy with an asterisk enjoy with an asterisk because you know there's always a footnote with that word but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't expect them to put themselves in a bad situation Mm -hmm. um an unfulfilling situation just to make more because I I don't imagine I'd be getting the best from them and that's the same for me making potentially making more than my partner if me making more uh means that at any point or at every point, it is on me, on my head. The pressure is on me. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work either. Mm-hmm. So because, you know, men and women were created, right. uh, I don't know, we like to say equally, but biblically, we have different um, responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And if it falls on me and mm-hmm. biblically, the, it says the man is the provider, hey, that's just not going. We we not even equal, we not equally yoked here. We not living mm-hmm. as the mm-hmm. biblical law yeah. says. So I could be, yeah, I could be by myself right. and having Listen. that extra money, right? It definitely depends on what, they, what they're doing. Because <laughs> a drug dealer make more than you. Mm-hmm. you That's so true. You because if you're Look. <laughs> you but the life they say the life they, they treat you right. Purge, Look, you know, yeah, like you go a thousand dollars. Yeah, the thrill, but the thrill isn't worth it when you are striving for peace because you can't live a peaceful life like that. But if his passion is taking care of kids, Mm -hmm. there you go, you know, like doing things that bring nonprofit brings fulfillment to him, like that's okay because I know you're walking Mm -hmm. in your purpose, like you said, and vice versa. I'm doing something to walk in my purpose. And we just happen to be blessed in right. different ways. Now we got two incomes instead of one. So whereas I may be making a hundred thousand, hell, he's making sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. So that's one hundred and sixty thousand we're bringing in. We might have to pay taxes, okay? 
And I think, anyway. I think what people lose sight of is, and especially think about the time that we're in right now. Whenever you put all of these expectations on people, and obviously, like, you don't just go do with nobody willy-nilly. But let's say all of that was stripped. Let's say y'all, the money was stripped. The, this, everything was stripped. And think about in this pandemic right, pandemic right now mm-hmm. that people are really starting to see truly who their spouses are, their friends are, their kids are. You know, we're spending all this mm-hmm. time together and seeing people without their jobs mm-hmm. and without their money. Um, I think that's what it always comes down to. Like, who mm-hmm. is this person outside of uh, these materialistic things? And and I, financials are materialistic in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we need to to survive on a, a daily basis, but yeah. um, it's not right. And getting it, lost in that sometimes, I think, whenever you do get to see those people and really see their true colors, it's like, Oh wow, this is not you know you you get caught up kind of sometimes um, really in like that you. money or that financial situation. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to me, even when I initially meet someone, I don't like mm. them to ask the question, "What do you do?" Because what I do does not define me. It does aid me to live <clears> the life that I live, but it doesn't define me. So if I even if I meet a man and he'd be like, "Oh well, I'm an engineer." And, oh, my name is Jeff, and I'm an engineer. And I'm like, all right, Jeff, so engineering is, you know, what you do defines you. That's what that tells tells me. That's what that translates yeah. for me. And mm-hmm. I kind of don't want to deal with you. Like, I just, I, I really Wait, don't I tell people what I do. I can't mind. mind. I, so, I, to the, to, to the defines you right. part, <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you on that. I do think what you do defines you to a degree hear me out if some an engineer and the personality types that okay. are common mm. to engineer versus personality types that are common to customer service um professionals it's it's very mm-hmm. different so when someone tells me that they're an engineer um True. versus a painter i'm gonna say okay well i can make some some assumptions here based on the type the ways that they process information mm-hmm. um maybe I mean, I won't say okay. so much emotionally, but maybe the way that they might express emo- express emotion or um, sensitive to emotion, mm-hmm. like certain different things. So I do think it defines you to a degree versus, again, an artist. Um, they are all about like self self expression mm-hmm. and how and they move about you know in terms of how they mm-hmm. feel. So I do think, but I know a lot of times that question is asked to determine how much you make or what type of lifestyle you live. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Right, right. So that's why I'm going to ask the question top three. But when the question, you know, comes up or the conversation comes up later at more uh, appropriate times, I do think it is a way to assess people's personality. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you meet a new guy, he tells you he's some whatever he does for for a living. You might find it interesting to now research the personality types that are successful in this profession. And that's a way to learn mm-hmm. about your partner. Like, don't research their salary. Research the part, the, the common personalities, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Those salaries, you know it's going to pop up first, up girl, so just get down. The don't, don't Look, let's say. Don't, the glass door link, don't hit it. Just go down like <laughs> two, three, four. <laughs> Don't hit the don't go to their LinkedIn either. We can go there LinkedIn. Yeah. But that's true. That's a different perspective that I didn't think about um personality type. 
um, mm -hmm. with the career mm -hmm. choice that you choose, right? So that was a really good I learned something. I tell y'all be learning stuff from this podcast. I'm even in it. I'm in it. Okay, so we're gonna close out with um talking about gender roles. Um what do you all think about gender roles? Do you think that they should be cookie cutter like they were when our parents were coming up? Like woman takes care of the house, the man does the rest, um, woman, you know, cooks, cleans, whatever. And the man just gets. I think a little sprinkle of like. you need a little sprinkle of gender roles <laughs> and a little sprinkle of modern day roles, mm -hmm. and I think just you figure out what works for you because, mm -hmm. like for me in my relationship, I cook all the time. I'm the only one who cooks, but I don't do it because it's expected of me. I do it because I enjoy it. I mm -hmm. do it because I know it makes him happy. I do it because. I know that that mm -hmm. is his love language, like me doing acts of service. And that's one of the favorite things. Um, that's why I do it. So while it fits into the traditional yeah. gender roles, that's not my motivation behind it. And it's not his motivation mm -hmm. behind enjoying it. Mm -hmm. um, and then also like cleaning, mm -hmm. I'm the one who cleans because you're not going to clean right. So <laughs> I just would rather do it. <laughs> I don't have to come behind you. <laughs> Anyway, so I think a little, a little bit sprinkle of, of all things, but maybe the yeah. behind it isn't so much of, hey, I'm doing this because it's a gender mm -hmm. role. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Ladies, y'all got a little something rather <laughs> I personally okay. think about a partnership. I want a partnership. Like our goal is to make sure that we're both good. Um, the end goal is to make sure that we are both taken care of. So if I am trying to outlove you and you're trying to outlove me, we, I don't mm -hmm. feel like we could really lack, right? Cause that's our priority is to take care of each other. So if, if he sees me cooking, I, in my mm -hmm. mind, I'm kind of going to expect him to like wash the dishes only because growing up, my stepdad used to wash the dishes, you know, or he would help cook in some type of way. So that's, something that I learned. So I want a partnership. I don't want it to seem like I got to do it. I think, hey, no. I think for me, I like being told what to I'm do. so, <laughs> it's just, it's a coin toss. I mean, I'm super independent, but I think the great thing about not being married yet is I have a lot of friends that are. And so a lot of insight into the various workings of different marriages and relationships. And, um, I'm just not a traditional person. Like, I don't think, and, and with working such a non-traditional, like having such a non-traditional career, I, I don't want to mm -hmm. be limited to doing all the cooking. Like, that's me, though. That's me. I would love to have a partner that can also cook and we can cook together, you know, have that quality time. Exactly. Yeah, another um, form of intimacy. I'm not for, I don't know. I Like I said, it's just, I don't know. It's hard for me to answer this question because then when I think about all things car related, I feel like my man should just handle all that. Like, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't even want to pop my gas. <laughs> yeah. No, just take it to get done, right. like handle it. Like if I'm like, oh, yeah. my light came on. Okay. You got it. Like, I don't even want to deal with that. And, and that is, I think that is mm -hmm. viewed as, as traditional in some way. Right. Um, but I think it should just be, I think mm -hmm. it just goes back to what Maya said. Like, I'm, 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 I'm here for breaking down silos breaking. and being equally yoked. And so for me, 
because of our careers. Mm-hmm. Again, I just think that um, having someone that meshes with me and we kind of have our own boundaries and lifestyles mm-hmm. and all that that doesn't adhere to I do all the cooking I do all the cleaning like I would love if I cook the whole meal if I grocery shop then cook the whole meal um you can wash the dishes mm-hmm. or you can load the dishwasher you know what I mean yeah. like um and yeah. so I, I, yeah you're a grown up child. Look, you're going to grocery shop you go to Chick-fil-A before you get home because you're tired from grocery shopping <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And see, that was my issue with the past relationship I had. I would land from a trip at 8 o'clock, and he would be like, oh, what are we eating? And I'm like, oh, no, bro, you've been home for three hours. Oh, no. Three Mm. hours? And I would have to go to the grocery store at Mm. 8 o'clock at night, get the groceries, come home, cook, because he loved, like, he didn't want to eat out. It was just, and and that's when I was single to a marriage. (laughs) Exactly, because it made me resentful, right? Right. It made me bitter. It made me resentful (laughs) until I exploded one day, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "Bro, like, you get off at five, Mm -hmm. and he could cook. That was the thing. He actually could cook. Mm -hmm. So, it ain't made with with attitude. So that that might. So if he can cook, that might might have been more. that might be more aligned with his um his love language, like what he or what he likes. Yeah, like his love. Yeah. Oh, he and he was very traditional mm-hmm. in his in his views. That was the thing. Oh, okay. so yeah. So again, the other side of it was any and anything like trash, car, like that was him. But at some point, I mean, we're we are thirty at this time. I was thirty, like twenty nine, twenty eight. However, um, we're not our our parents and our grandparents, like. We are entrepreneurs. We are, mm-hmm. you know, driven in our careers. Like women nowadays are like excelling, right? Mm-hmm. In our careers in different industries. And so we're not back mm-hmm. in that time where a lot of women didn't work, right? They stayed mm-hmm. home. Like that's not our truth. That's not our reality. Um, um, to, to that oh, yeah. point, I do feel like in a, probably mm-hmm. in a few years, maybe at the end of this um this entire decade, 2020, is was a whole decade, y'all. A whole, just in itself. No, like But yeah. I feel like by the end of this year yeah. or sometime soon, this conversation, like, this topic of conversation will be obsolete. I don't think we'll be talking about it. Yeah. And um, just because uh, when you think about gender roles, mm-hmm. gender, gender stereotypes, um, they, they're not traditional. I don't think one household except for somebody who is from a very archaic time has or lives with traditional gender roles. They are ever evolving, ever changing. Um, Mm -hmm. But we use it, what we use it as a template to determine if we agree with them, if we're going to utilize them in our relationships or if we're not. But the reality is, we already aren't single or, Mm -hmm. or married or courting or dating. You're already not using traditional gender roles like if you're a woman and you work full-time and you will continue to work full-time after you have your first child you traditional gender roles are out of the picture if you're a woman and you eat out or you've ever ordered Mm -hmm. uber eats alongside your boyfriend traditional gender roles are out of the picture if you ever hired a cleaning service if you don't mind using one if you Mm -hmm. got a number say that you might use one day traditional gender roles are out of the picture if you if you've been dating and you 
drove your car into <laughs> discount tire if you're dating somebody and you're by yourself and you drove your car discount tires to get your air checked or change a tire <laughs> traditional generals are out of the picture yeah. like so that's why I feel like this conversation is eventually obsolete because we're mm-hmm. not we don't live by them anymore mm-hmm. no one no one really mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. they really do not it's it's and we're kind of like a get things done society too like so if I can go get my tire checked or get my mm-hmm. tires, you know, taken mm-hmm. care of, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Because it's one less thing I have to do, especially since we travel for work. So um, if that's something mm-hmm. I have to do, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Um, but you are right. I think that is true. Like the gender roles are going to be mm-hmm. out the window. We're just prioritizing each other. Like, what can we do to make house, it easier? Somebody can feed us and clean up around us. <laughs> and we can Uber. We don't even have to worry about Right. <laughs> That's cute. Quality. <laughs> I ain't got to worry about him but opening my of, like, door. So like, they're, you know, they're, they're changing, right? So I think, we can, I think a great topic of conversation mm-hmm. for maybe like a future podcast would be like new the new gender roles. Mm-hmm. For example, if you're going out on a date, do you expect him to call you an Uber or are you going to drive to meet him? Like mm-hmm. things like that, the new mm-hmm. gender roles. Like if you're ordering mm-hmm. in, who is he? You know what I mean? Like, like just different stuff right. like that. He takes who initiates the things that need to be done around mm-hmm. the household. You're not really doing them, right? Mm-hmm. But who whose budget does that come out of when, uh, uh, when you're not right. married? So, Ooh, yay, that's good. Maybe redefining, re- maybe right. it's redefining. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, ma'am. Yes. Would y'all like I to come back and talk that. about redefining gender roles? <laughs> okay. Right. Look, yeah, I mean, like, I'm what are the food on, on your phone? Because you, you know what? So I can put your heart in. <laughs> For example, so I, I'm, so there's this guy um, that I've been seeing, and that's a thing, like, when we talk about food, so one thing, just a little bit of backstory, when we first started uh, dating, I, like, much like you, Maya, I thoroughly enjoy cooking. It, mm-hmm. It's a pastime for me that I thoroughly enjoy, and I um, realized he doesn't have, he doesn't care about food. He doesn't think about food the way I do. He is, I eat to live. I do not live to eat. He will eat once a day, and he doesn't he's like a meat and potatoes kind of person. And th- and I noticed this when we would go out to eat all the way down to one time I, um, he came over and I'd cooked and I was like, Oh, I made some stuff. And he was like, Oh no, I'm good. I already ate today. And I felt some type of way because I'm used to somebody being like, Oh my gosh, like sure. Like, yeah. And mm-hmm. he has never, ever expected or asked me to cook. It's just, he does not care about food like that. However, mm-hmm. on the rare occasions that we've ordered out, he'll just be like, Oh, just order whatever. Um, let me know what they have along, you know, that falls in line with like the whole meat and potatoes type of thing. Like he's like a rice and meat type of person um, or right. Just very simple. So he'd be like, oh, just order whatever and I'll go pick it up and pay. Right. So it's like, so in redefining gender roles, it's mm-hmm. like, it's as if I chose the menu and I cooked, but he paid for the groceries, mm. you know, so. Or I'm a, I'm a tag team this really quick. If yeah. we want to talk about, but this goes back to a non-traditional view. If I'm going out on a first date with a guy, even second, third, I don't let them pick me up from my house. I will meet them. I'm weird mm. about it because I'm weird about them knowing yeah. where I live if I don't know you. Mm-hmm. So, whereas I feel like, you know, back in the day, that was 
that was, you know, courting. You pick me but up in a seven. committed relationship. In a committed relationship, are you expecting yeah. him to pick you up when y'all are going out? Or are you driving over there, regardless of where he lives? Are you driving over there, parking your car, or is he getting in yours, driving yours? Like, not, um, not the initial dating. The, the last the guy I was seeing, we would do exactly what you just said. He would either come get me, or I would go to his house and we would hop in the car together. Um, I mean, he's ordered me an Uber before. We live very close. So, like, even if I was like, oh, I don't feel like driving, he would send me an Uber. So, I mean, you know, those things. Right. And one thing I do expect is for you to open up a door mm-hmm. always and forever. <laughs> right. That's a traditional, and I expect for that to happen. Oh, yeah. I don't want to use my hand. I think in terms of, like, just even that question, yeah. it's re- regardless of how it's done, you know, in redefining gender roles, regardless of how it's done, traditionally, a man needs to worry about my safety. And, mm-hmm. you know, in a long, you know, in, in this new day and age, yes. we have different means of getting around. So whether I live in a city where it's just, it's public transit, God forbid, but like it's public transit, well, then you're paying for my public transit. That type of thing. Like you're concerned about my safety. You are focused on my mm-hmm. safety. And if it's a situation where we're going out, I expect that you're behind the wheel. Like you're assuring how I'm getting to and from, whether that's me, you picking me mm-hmm. up, which I am like that. You either need to send me an Uber or you need to pick me up. I don't care if it's like inefficient. Um, <laughs> but that's my expectation, right? But I dated a guy where he didn't mind showing up in two different cars to the venue because he was about efficiency. So he's like, I'm not going to go all that way to come get you mm-hmm. from a different side of town. I'll just... I'll just pay for your gas type of thing. Like, you know, like follow behind me. We'll, I'll fill you up. So, but he was still making sure mm-hmm. that I was taken care of and got to where I needed to be. But I prefer right. somebody to pick me up all the time. So. Mm-hmm. I like being picked up. It's just something about it. I like being picked up. Um, if we're in a committed relationship, yeah, I want to be picked up or... Sometimes you it's fun if I Uber, but it depends up. on my mood. <laughs> I mean, so I they, would, I like, I love being picked yeah, up. It, makes it depends on Even after being with someone for two, three years, it, and if you mm-hmm. don't live together, it is that, you know, you get ready, you look good. When you look good, you feel good, and you walk out the door, and he's waiting for you. But I mean, like, initially, mm. initially. Like um, going out mm-hmm. on a date, I'm always the one that's mm-hmm. like, "I'll meet you there." Where are we going? Oh yeah, you know, going out on a date. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'll see you when I see you. Yeah. But yeah, but it. y'all, back in the day, I need an exit I feel plan. like the standard was still, "Yeah, I'll be there at seven to pick you." Right? You know what I mean? Like bad, right? But people, I bad. think we're, I think again when we talk about safety, right? Yeah, we, the safety concerns are different. You're mm-hmm. meeting people from all walks of life. Right. Um, and not even that, just from different mm-hmm. backgrounds, which when mm-hmm. someone back in the day were like, I, you know, um, I'll be there at seven. Think about the ways in which you met. You know, you probably went either to the same school or, you know, you had multiple um, similar acquaintances, something where you could have done a background check. When you're meeting somebody and Tinder is an mm-hmm. extreme, but even if you just meet somebody out and passing like um, the airport airline executive lounge right mm-hmm. okay so that's a nice place to meet a responsible person you still don't know mm-hmm. shit about them you don't know if they're like not. so even though the, you know you're like okay it's a nice place to meet somebody right. more than tinder i still don't want you to pick me up from my house like that's nothing yeah 
Because you could just be doing drive-by because I've decided that this ain't going to work. But you still need to ask me. You still need to worry. Like, you still need to, not need to, but I would prefer, like, I'd be like, so am I picking you up or would you like to meet there? Mm-hmm. I do like that question. But then it well, makes me well, really then you think like, about your safety. Mm, you think I, now about, I don't know. Well, actually, let's just meet there. And then we'll, you know, yeah, we'll like, go from there. Because <laughs> you know, you're not showing your true colors. Yeah, and then we just yeah, yeah, like then that, every day after that, you're like, oh, no, what time you, you giving? What time are you picking me up? Right, <laughs> but you could tell. You can tell that's your preference, though. Like, once you feel like, okay, this is a good vibe, it might be a decent fit, I might see him again. Okay, depending on how much you all talk in between the first and second date, you might be like, okay, he might be all right to pick me on, pick me up from my house. You know? Or he, I mean, if you live in an apartment complex, pick me up from the clubhouse. Right? You know? I've met somebody at the Kroger <laughs> get, I meant the Kroger parking lot so they could drive right. me. I just didn't want you to know where I live. The Kroger was right up the street. Like but the you Kroger. don't know that. You don't know how far I drove to the Kroger. <laughs> but to the Kroger. Because I had to go in there anyway. Might as well meet me there. Might as well meet me there. But thank you, thank you, thank you, ladies. I'm gonna wrap that up. That is the end of Tell Tina podcast on singleness, relationships, what we like, what we don't like. Um, we're going to come back with the new gender role. Um, that should be fun. Um, but thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to Tell Tina podcast. Thank you, ladies, for joining me, pouring into me and our listeners. Um, we appreciate you all. You too. And, um, Thanks for having us and on the next episode of Redefining Gender Rope. Thank you. You're welcome. Girl, you better tell them, Tina. Better tell them, Tina. I'm sure y'all are wondering where you can find Tell Em Tina Podcasts. You can find me on Stitcher Radio, Google Podcast Hub, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and iTunes. Tell your mama, tell your friends, tell your cousin them, tell a co-worker, tell somebody you passing on the street, tell them to pull up on me. And you know, as always, I enjoyed y'all and thank you for listening.